Abundance of love, abundance of grace, down to that cross, you took my place, oh God, you take my ransom, your love, you give my abundant life. Abundant Life, Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people, now. Here's Pastor Scott. Christianity more than anything else. I'm going to be preaching on Matthew chapter 11 this morning. It's a familiar passage of scripture uh, for some, not so much for others. But if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 11. If not, these verses will be on the screen. In Matthew 11:28, the Bible says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, We All Have a Yoke, and We All Have a Burden. Pray with me. God, thank you for inviting us to come to you. Thank you, God, for always being the answer. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would let us focus our minds on you and your word. God, I pray that you'd anoint me to say things that that are sound doctrine. God, anoint me to say things that you would have me to say and give us ears to hear what you say to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. In in verse 1, there's three things I want to call your attention to real quick. There's an invitation given, there's a required condition, and there's a promised reward. When you read the Bible, I want you... Now, see, if you came to Wednesday night Bible study, you would be filled up on hermeneutical concepts. You'd be filled up on understanding how to study the Bible. Slow it down. Pay attention to the punctuation. Take it in small bite-sized pieces so you can digest it and not just read it to say, I read it, but get something from it. And there's there's three very distinct things in verse 28. If you guys could put that on the screen. Jesus... uh, We see three things here. There's an invitation given. Say invitation. There's a required condition. Say condition. And there is a promised reward. Say promise. So Jesus said, come to me. And I I want you to think about, see, there's a comma after that. That's cause for pause. First we see Jesus said that Jesus speaking. You you got to recognize that. Then he says, come to me. And somebody ought to say, wow. That Jesus invites us to come to him. That's that, come to me. That's eight letters that form an incredible invitation. Now, I've, I've been blessed in my life to travel a lot. I've met some really cool people and been to some really cool places. But there's never been a greater invitation given to anyone than Jesus saying, come to me. If you recognize who Jesus is, that ought to blow your mind. Listen, the, 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 the highest level of people in the world, they don't want anything to do with us. There's a bunch of people from Jacksonville, uh, North Florida, li- living regular lives, nor- normal people. They're not inviting us into their mansion. They're not inviting us to, to their $1,000-a-plate dinners. Uh, they, 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 they don't know who we are. But the king of all kings, the Lord of glory, the the captain of our salvation invites us to come to him. I don't want you to miss that invitation. And I hope you've accepted that invitation. And I want to tell you, that's not a one-time invite. You got to come to Jesus for salvation. Amen. The Bible says no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. The the Bible teaches the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Jesus. So we got to come to Jesus to get to the Father. Uh, But not only that, once you're saved, you need to come to Him all the time. You need to keep coming to Him. You you need to come to Him every morning. You need to come to Him every day. You need to come to Him every night. You ought to be constantly turning to Jesus. Oh, man, I'm so glad I grew up. And and when I I got saved, the, the whole body of Christ was singing hymns. And we used to sing a song some of y'all never heard. Turn your eyes upon. Oh, man, if the world could just do that. 
I want you in your moment of crisis to turn your eyes upon Jesus. I want you in a moment of despair to turn your eyes on you. I want you in a moment of victory and joy to turn your eyes upon Jesus. He said we can come to him. If, if you need good news today, think about those eight letters. You've been invited by the king of glory to come to him. That, that's the invitation that is given. And if you understand who he is, then you understand what a great deal that is. We, we don't know as much about God as we should as a nation. We, we are biblically uh, more illiterate now biblically than probably any generation in the history of this country. Most people don't have sound doctrine, sound theology. I can't even watch Christian preaching on television for more than 18 seconds without hearing lies, con artists, beggars, and fools telling lies on television. Well, why are they on TV? Because people like to be lied to. People, people, love, people love to hear that, that you, you may be going through right now, but God about to rise you up. You don't even know what you're going to go through in six months. All that selling hope and hype in these churches across the world today, uh, it, it's just a bunch of foolishness. And the theology is so bad that many people don't know because you don't hear it on television, the preaching of the deity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is God manifest in human form. That God took on the form of a human being and he came to this world 2,000 years ago born as a baby in a manger, but he was still fully God. If you understand these eight letters come to me that are being offered to you, not by a preacher in Galilee, but by the only true God that there is, the God of creation, the God of all heaven, the God who one day will stand before and give account for our lives, Jesus said, come to me. Mm, I, I love the invitation that is given and, 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 I, and I want you to hear another verse in John 6, 37. Jesus said this, all, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Listen to this last part. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. That's the good news I brought to you today, fresh from Atlanta. That's the good news I brought to you today, fresh from the mouth of Jesus Christ. That's the good news I bring to you today from God's holy, infallible word with no error in it at all. Jesus said that if you come to him, he's not going to cast you out. And I just want to say hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord. That might not mean anything to you because maybe you don't understand it theologically well. And you may not even understand it naturally. But I want to tell you somebody, uh, uh, our family, uh, I, I was raised in a dysfunctional family. I had a father that, that, that uh, did, did, didn't treat my mother right, and they ended up getting divorced when I was little. I come from brokenness. I, I come from the jail system. I come from the, the streets. I come from a lot of bad things in my life, and he, but even since I've been saved, been around church people, been around some of the biggest named preachers in the world, and I want to tell you something, you will rarely find somebody who won't cast you out. We live in a throwaway society. They, they, I used to, when I had my lawn business, I, I used to do lots of commercial work, and there was a, a shop on Blanding Boulevard across the street from where the putt-putt is, and it was a TV and a VCR repair shop. Right across the street from Fast Eddie's Marijuana Paraphernalia Shop. Y'all don't remember that because y'all didn't grow up in Jacksonville on the west side. But I used to go in there, and this dude had TVs stacked up everywhere. i go in there to get my, my, uh, my money every week. i I cut his, cut his uh, business, uh, lawn maintenance, and just TVs and VCRs everywhere. It's not there anymore. You know why? Because he started telling people what everybody does now. Uh, it's cheaper to buy a new one than to fix it. 
Uh, now, see, you, you buy a DVD player for $19 at Walmart. Huh? You, you take that to a repairman, ask him to fix it. He'll look at you like you're insane. It ain't worth his time to mess with that. Why? Because we live in a throwaway society. Marriage is breaking up at, at, at historic rates inside and outside of the church. And let me just say something to people that hate the Lord's church and hate Jesus and hate the people of God, and they, they want to say that divorce rate is higher in the church than it is outside the church. Well, I, I'll give you one reason why that might be true, might not, but might be true. People in the church getting married, people in the world just shacking up. Then you, and you can't track that breakup record, but let me tell you something. Bubba and Sally shacked up in a trailer in Middleburg. When they break up and, and, and Sally runs off to Junior, you, you don't get a record of that. Do not engage in negativity do not engage in evil conversation about the bride of Christ. You can't love a man without loving his wife. And if you mistreat his wife, he's going to be mad at you. Stop talking bad about the church. Does the church have problems? Of course. Because we're all imperfect people. We all, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I want to tell you something. The hope for the hurting people from the tragedies that happened at the Dollar General store, the hope for the hurting people all around the world will never be found in politics, self-help books, motivational speakers, and self-improvement courses. The only hope for the world is Jesus Christ and the Lord's church. I'm so glad he ain't going to throw me away. Uh, I had, I, I've spent 22 years founding and pastoring this church. My, my oldest son turned 22 on the 19th, and we were celebrating our birthday. It's very rarely in 22 years I missed two Sundays in a row. I can't help that our birthdays are the 6th. Last time I was here was the 6th. Here's the 19th. Uh, but I, he was born a couple of months after we started this church. So both my sons have been raised in this church. Church, they're now adults doing their thing. Both of my sons were raised in this church, and I had to explain to both of them, and they kept asking me because they're children uh, over and over the same question. Many times uh, both of them asked me separately, uh, Dad, why do you care so much? Because they watched me leave the house at night and go pick people up from trap houses. They watched me go leave the house at night and, and go sit with people under domestic violence um, Police showing up at somebody's house at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning because the man had beat the brakes off the woman and the children were scared and they wanted to pass. They watched me uh, go, sit in hospital rooms. My two sons sat in the hallway. I don't even see Jimmy Rich here today. Uh, I, I, I know he's here because he I, I prayed with him in a staff meeting. My boys, when, when Jimmy's mom died, Jimmy was out of town. So I went and sat with Miss, uh, I love Miss Olive Rich. I got a picture of Miss Olive uh, in my office. I, I, I love her. And I sat with her for hours that night before she passed. I was the last human being to talk to her. And my little kids, because their mama died, and it was just the three of us, my little kids sat in the hallway of St. Vincent's in Middleburg while I sat in there for five hours with Olive Rich. And they, they asked me, Dad, why, why do you, these people ask you for something, you just jump up and give it. You give all your money to the church, you give all your time to the church. Why, why do you care, and here's the question, why do you care so much about these people when they're all just going to get mad and leave anyway? Now, that's a realistic question. And, that, and, and, and it hurts my heart as a father because I know for the care of the ministry, I, I, I forsook my own at times. I left it, and some of y'all have done the same thing. You've pushed family. You, you, you've had to say, you know, I, I, I'm going to give back with you, but right now i got to go do, do what God's called me to do. And so it was a very reasonable question, and, and I told him this, and I want to say it uh, here publicly today. I don't do what I do for the people who are staying or the people who are leaving. I do what I do for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Don't have a reason to come to church. Don't pick a church because you love the preacher. Don't pick a church because you love the parking lot. Don't pick a church because you, you, you got some type of natural thing going on in your mind. We, we, we go to church because we love Jesus Christ. If you got any other reason than that, you're going to be one of the ones that left, and you're going to leave, you're going to leave children di- di- disillusioned. Pe- people say uh, it's, it's funny, uh, Rick, on, on the camera in the sound booth, he, w- he was a PK, a preacher's kid. He knows some of y'all raised up with ministers in your family, and you know they love to talk about how bad preacher kids and deacon kids are. They say, ain't nobody worse than a preacher's kid than a deacon kid. And they want to act like there's some type of deficiency in, in parenting from homes that have pastors in ministry, deacons in ministry. And, and I'm going to tell you my personal belief. Because these kids do often go off the rails. I thank God. Ain't, ain't, ain't neither one of mine. Listen, they both made it into adulthood way better than me. Neither one of them ever been arrested. Neither one of them ever been in jail. Uh, neither one of them ever been homeless neither one of them ever lived in the streets but pastors kids and deacon kids do go off the rails I'm going to tell you what I believe because I've been living this for a long time I I started my first full time job in ministry in 1982 and I've been doing this for a long time and here's what I believe because I've seen some wonderful men and women of God have their children go off the rails Dina has heard me say uh, about some of those people, if, if their kids have gone off the rails and they got a mama and a daddy who pray all the time, who are wonderful, way better people than me, what hope do my children have? And she bring me back to reality and tell me Jesus. It's not that pastors and deacons are bad parents. It's that their children get to see people declare how much they love God and then they cast out. It's, it's they get to see the inside workings of the church. I remember when Dina came to work for the church about 20 years ago. She went home crying almost every day. Yes or no? She couldn't imagine. She had no idea how, how, how horrible people's personal lives were and their issues. She was sitting in on counseling sessions and, and hear the wonderful people of God talk about how jammed up they were. And she was just like, oh, it's, so, it's, it's too, too, too much to take. She said, I just want to run back to uh, Steamboat Rock, Iowa, and our little church there where everybody loved each other and our pastors were wonderful and nobody ever had fights or arguments. Well, they're actually now part, part of our global missions ministry where we send them money every month. And I got a chance to sit down with uh, Dina and Scott and uh, uh, the, 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 the pastors from Iowa. Uh, Iowa that are now doing global missions, and I said, well, I'd love to hear about y'all's church some, and I told my sister told me that you guys were just the most loving, wonderful, they both started laughing immediately. They looked at her like she had nine heads on her neck. She just didn't know because she just showed up on Sunday. I already told y'all, if, some, if, if you knew everything about everybody in this room, you wouldn't be sitting halfway where you're sitting. Now, that don't mean get up and move. And stop clutching your purse when you see somebody come walking towards you. Ain't nobody here going to rob you. We got security in this place. Plus, I, I, I will pray uh, imprecatory prayers on them. If, if you steal something from this church, you're going to be prayed on. I thank God. In how long? Ten years yet? Have we had ten years here? Almost 10 years, nine years in this, everybody told me, Pastor, you know that's a dangerous neighborhood. You, and, and, and we've seen it. Uh, we're talking about it in staff meeting this morning. We, we've seen little children walking up and down these streets, 9, 10, 11, five-year-olds, midnight, uh, just out and about looking for mischief to get into. And people told me, oh, man, I, I hope they don't tear your building. Uh, I hope they don't just steal everything you got. And other than, and we got it on video, it it, it was horrible but funny at the same time. They had a man stop his car up up on the hill, and he ran down because uh, Nancy Rich had 
her weed eater and blower under the breezeway while, while she was doing some yard work for the church. And the dude grabbed both of them and just, he was trying his best to run. He's barely moving up there. It's hard to run uphill, especially with a blower and a weed eater in your hand. Other than that blower and that weed eater uh, and a wreath off one door, we haven't in over nine years had anybody mess with this place, steal anything, tear anything up, burn anything down. God's protection is real. Now, I know how some of y'all, some of y'all old, old country people, y'all are like, oh, don't say that, Pastor. Once you say it, it's going to, nah. And if it burnt down to the ground, we, we just have church outside. It ain't going to be hot but for another three months. <laughs> but Pete, my kids get to see the inner workings of how bad, every time, and, and I, I'll say this and move on. The, the, my kids say, that that's the sign, Dad. That's the sign. Because they've heard hundreds and hundreds of people stand up and say, I just want to testify. I love Pastor. He's my pastor, my spiritual father. Uh, I, 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 he, I found Christ in this church. I was baptized. My children found Christ in this church. And I don't care how many of y'all leave. I'm going to be here forever. My kids are like, you know what that means, Dad? What's that mean? They're next. Time after time after time after time. Just get upset and leave. Listen, let me tell you something. Stop being a quitter. Not not just about this church. I understand. You know, go to church where you want to go to church. Go to church where you feel God wants you to go to church. But don't, don't quit on people. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your children. Don't quit a job every month because somebody upsets you. I'm going to give you a word right now to think about. Endure. The Bible says all the promises of God are to those who endure. Do you know if we left everything and everybody, every time we had a bump in the road, we'd all be isolated hermits living by our, You wouldn't even be living with the person you're sitting next to. She's she side-eyeing you, Deke. Nick's a side-eyeing Henry back there. <laughs> Don't quit on the people you care about. I've seen so many people give up when the promise are to those who endure. So when I, when I see Jesus invite me to come to him and he gives me this promise, boy, if you come to me, I'm never going to get rid of you. I'm like, that's why they call him Holy Other, because he is completely different. Than people. He's completely different than the backstabbers that we've all dealt with, than the liars and the quitters that we've all dealt with, that the people who swear. I don't even know why some people want to get married in church. We have people call to church, don't go to church, want to know if they can get married in the church. I said, well, who's going to marry you? Well, you. We, we, we don't have a church home or a pastor. We was wondering how much you'd charge us. To, hey, you can't pay me to marry you. You, you, you why, why unsaved people? Want to stand up in church and make a vow to God for better, for worse, and sickness and health, richer or poor. And the first time they hit a bump in the road, they're going to quit their marriage. Just crazy, man. But I want you to know, doesn't matter how many times you've been betrayed, doesn't matter how many times you've been abandoned, doesn't matter how much church hurt you've ever had, church didn't hurt you, somebody hurt you that was in the church. That's a different message for a different time. Doesn't matter how many people have done you wrong, kicked you out and blamed you for it. Jesus made a promise, I will never cast you out. And I'm rejoicing in that. If you can't give God praise, then I hope you'll get, it, get with it later. But Jesus invites him to come to you. Then we see that there's a condition required. Put, put verse 28 back on the screen for me. Not only is there an invitation, but there's a condition. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I want to tell you this. You want to start your own church? Uh, well, that's, that's illegal anyway. I told you. Some were called, some were sent, some just packed up their junk and went. If you ain't called to something or sent by something, uh, you, 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 you're just a renegade at that point. But if you want to teach Bible studies, if you want to train your children in the Word, if you want to find out how to be a, a, a decent teacher of Scripture, pay attention to punctuation. You can make all your bullet points just off punctuation. Uh, we already saw the first point, come to me, comma. What's next? 
all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, comma. So you see how easy God makes the word on us if we just take time to read it? You, 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 but everybody doesn't fit the criteria. There's a condition required. You have to be weary and. What's and mean, church? There's more. Not just be weary, but you also got to carry heavy burdens. Because if you're just weary, the Bible says the joy of the Lord will be your strength. If you're just weary, the Bible says if you faint in a day of adversity, your strength is small. You, you need to lean on God more and be strong in the power of his might. If you're just weary, you are commanded by God to endure. So you, you, don't, you don't get to walk in the fullness of this promise just from being weary. Listen, we're all tired. If you ain't tired, you're doing something wrong. Now, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, and I thank God for that. I, don't, I, I ain't never going to, I can't identify as something that I can't be. So, but I know what it's like to be a man. Let me, let me just speak to every man in the room. If you ain't tired, you're raggedy as all, you, you, you're broke down worse than a mule. You, you, got, you ought to be tired. Every man in the room ought to be tired. Why? Because God gave you manhood, and you ought to be out there making it happen. You ought to be protecting and providing and caring and keeping a roof over somebody's head. You ought to be contributing to society. God gave you strength, denser bones, more lung capacity. God gave you greater physicality, and you ought to be out there getting it done. Oh, I wish we had some strong men in the room. That, that know what it's like to be tired. That know what it's like to get up and go to work when you don't want to go to work. We got a generation of lazy men sitting at home not taking care of their wives and children. Shame on them. What kind of church they're going to? Men ought to be tired. Women ought to be tired too. I don't know firsthand, but I watched my mother as a single mother work, work night shifts, work herself hand and bone, try to keep food on the table for us. And I, I know for sure that's got its own set of tiredness. Amen, ladies? I don't know about them. Things. I have to give you one more group that I'm part of and I know about. Being a single parent, if you're a single parent and you ain't strung out, wrung out, and exhausted, you ain't much of a parent. If you're doing it right, listen, even if you're a dual parent, you, you both ought to be strung out, wrung out, and tired, exhausted. You need no sleep medication. Lay down. Fall, be exhausted. Why? Because parenting is all day and all night. It's full time. Now, if you just let them watch TV and play video games all day long, you're not a parent. You, you're just a roommate at that point. You're not parenting anybody, but being weary won't get you there. Just, just being weary, uh, there, there, there's remedies for that outside this promise. You got to be weary and carrying a heavy burden. Now, if you don't hit a lick at a snake, if, if you don't work hard, if, if, you're, if you're not a producer, if you're, if you're not doing things, listen, I look around, the people in our church that are deacons are some of the hardest working men and women in the world. I'm glad somebody said amen. And that's how they became deacons. You go to some of these churches in America, and, and, and I've been at these mega churches. I got licensed in a mega church. And the deacons, let me tell you who the deacons were. They were the richest people that wore the best clothes and drove the best cars. Business owners with money and influence. And they didn't do much of what a deacon should do. The, the, the word deacon comes from a Greek word, diakonos, which means to meet needs of other people, to, to work hard, to serve. And the people that are deacons in our church, they, they got elevated to the office of deacon because they were working hard. You don't see not one of them. Let, 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 me, let me get uh, all, all the deacons and deacon wives to stand up real quick. I know some of them are in other parts of the church. Amen, amen, amen. Look at this right here. You don't see, you don't, you, you don't see, we, we got, we got, uh, y'all see that, we, we, we got white people, black people, we, 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 we got young people, we got old people. They didn't get qualified by any of those means. They were already working hard. And I can tell you this, the deacons and elders at Abundant Life Christian Fellowship, they are weary and they are carrying a heavy burden because they, they decide, listen, talk, talk, to, talk to some of them. Ask them, 
It ain't, all, it ain't always easy to be up here every day, is, is it, Deacon Dixon? That food ministry's got a role, though, doesn't it? It, it ain't always easy to do the, the thing. But listen, I know that they fit into this, and I thank God for them every day. But we all ought to fit into this. You ought to be weary because life, life will wear you out. You ought to be carrying heavy burdens. Why? Because you care about more people than yourself. The Bible tells us don't just consider our own burdens, but be helpful in carrying the burdens of others. I tell you what, life's enough just taking care of you. You mess around and start taking care of other people's burdens. You mess around and start loving people, caring for people, ministering to people. Then you're going to fit into this group. You're going to meet this required condition. You're going to be weary and you're going to be carrying heavy burdens. Now, I know some people say, oh, well, I'm saved. Uh, everything in my life is roses. You are a liar. <laughs> say it louder for the people in the back in case you didn't hear me. That's lying. Jesus never said, come to me and you'll never be tired. Look at the lives of the apostles. Look at the life of Christ. Look, look at the lives of the church fathers. Look, look at how people used to live before MTV. <laughs> Say, Pastor, that's why, that's why uh, we don't have 600 people in the church anymore. You just preach too hard. This ain't hard preaching. This is just the truth. This is the truth. Our grandparents and great-grandparents, I guarantee you, they prayed more than the average person praying today. You better thank God for the older generation. They, 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 you know, they're part of what's holding this place together. Weary, carrying heavy burdens. That, that's the condition required. I, I love what the Old Testament prophet said. The burden of the Lord that was on Jeremiah. The burden, uh, they, they all talked about this weight. Paul talked about all the struggles he had been through, and then he said to cherry on top, beside all that, the care of the church is on me daily. Understood what a burden was. We, we had a guy who, who was a pastor that, that we knew, and I remember telling Dean about him one time, I just don't know if he's really called to be a pastor. He's always talking about how much fun it is to preach and how much he, he likes to be in the pulpit and have people tell him what a good preacher he is. And he, he just wants to play golf and go shopping. I said, that, that, that ain't the life of a minister. There's a burden on this thing. There's a burden on, on, on every Christian. If all your day, you're like, well, should our lives be happy? Your life should be filled with joy. You should sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in you, carrying you and sustaining you through everything. But real life is heavy. And burdens have to be carried. If you meet that condition, third thing we see in this verse, there's a promise, a promised reward. He said, and what's and mean? Man, we got one short verse with, with more and more. And I will give you rest. Oh, I've been saying it for years. I believe after counseling thousands of people over 40 years that the average person's life would be so much better if they just had three good nights sleep in a row and three days of nobody bothering them. If you don't understand that, let me tell you something. You're not weary and you're not carrying nobody's burdens. But the people that are... They understand. Oh, man, I just give me three. If I had three good days of sleep and nobody uh, bothering me, whoo, man, I'd be like a new person. I'd be, uh, I'd be all fired up. Jesus makes a promise to give us rest. Different times, different seasons, the people of God have gone through different challenges. The devil has created different obstacles. Uh, the, in, in, in the Old Testament, the people of God were enslaved and forced to uh, make bricks with no straw and, and, and build uh, for the Egyptians. In, 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 in this country, uh, we, we had a horrible uh, atrocities of slavery in, 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 in this country. Think about even in my lifetime, in the 60s, uh, th there's, there's some movie out on Netflix now uh, that, that's showing a bunch of hippies 
uh, trying to start a church that went to Woodstock and uh, the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll movement came in and, and just devastated people and snatched them out of church. They, 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 if they had been well-rested, well if they had been leaning on the Lord for his power, they wouldn't have got caught up in that. We talked this morning in a staff meeting about rap music and the culture that's poisoning young people all across America. Most of us didn't have to deal with that. When we were growing up, there weren't music videos. We weren't watching music videos on television and, and listening to the same kind of music that's out there now. But there's always these different levels of attack that come at the people of God because the devil hates Jesus. And I believe the biggest attack in our world today now, it's not sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's not slavery. It, it's not the horrible sin of abortion. All, all those are horrible, and that's just different messages for different times. But the biggest attack right now, and I can tell you this from, from all the counseling that I've done, is mental health. The devil is attacking people in their mind. You don't believe me? Look, look at one of the best-selling books of all time. Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The, uh, the, the Battlefield of the Mind. Well, the enemy is attacking people's mind. What, 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 is it, what is it when your mind is being attacked, when, when the devil's trying to make you think things that you shouldn't think, make, make you concentrate on things that you should let go of, keep you up late at night, just your mind spinning? We got people taking drugs to go to sleep, people taking drugs to get up. Listen, listen, if you are taking drugs to make you hyped up in the daytime, maybe if you stop taking those, you'd be tired by the nighttime. One man's opinion. But there's so much mental health issues going on in the world today. Why? Because the devil is running short on time. And he's going to try every trick he can try to pull as many people into hell as he can. And I want you to know if you're struggling from mental health issues, uh, you don't have to be silent about that. I'm very open uh, myself. Uh, my, my entire family and all of my relatives have, have had some type of mental health issues. Um, and that's, that's not something to be silent about. If you had leukemia, you need to tell somebody um, and get some help for it. But I want to tell you this. Get the help that you need. But understand, if you will live inside this verse right here, the king of glory will give you rest. We, we, people get fired up singing songs like, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Listen, can't no self-help program, no amount of drugs, alcohol, or anything else you turn to give you the rest that the creator can give you. He designed us. He knows how to give us rest and how to strengthen us under a heavy load. So the promise is he'll give us rest for our soul. In verse 29, real quick. He said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He didn't say, do what you want to do, say what you want to say, dance how you want to dance, play how you want to play. He said, take my yoke upon. See, we all have a yoke, but we all don't have the Lord's yoke. Well, what, what is a yoke? If, if you've ever seen two oxen, Walking side by side, they got a, a, a bracket around their neck and around the other one, and they're tied together. And typically what farmers would do when they had a young bull is they would, or ox, they would yoke that to an older, more disciplined animal that would keep that animal plowing in a, right, in a straight line. Because imagine this. Uh, if, if Deacon Dixon was, was, was walking down the street, and he grabs you by the neck and said, "Come, you're going to come this way because he's strong. That big ox would keep the little ox, the undisciplined ox, on the straight and narrow until he learned how to stay on the straight and narrow for himself. Now, I want to tell you this in closing. You have a yoke. You are yoked to something. What, what does a yoke do? It connects you to something that drags you off course or keeps you on course. The only way to keep on course as a Christian is to be yoked to Jesus. We got people yoked to television, social media, politics. We got people yoked to addictions, 
uh, all, all types of problems. I don't know what is dragging you off course. But I'll tell you this. The offering that Jesus gives is that you can take his yoke on you. Now, if somebody, if, if we had to move something heavy in the room and uh, it wasn't nobody up here uh, but me and Dina and Deacon Scott Mills and it took two people to carry it, y- y'all know I'm not asking her. He's way stronger. Is he stronger than you? Can he carry more than you? Now, see, think about this. See, I'm not not asking her because she's my big sister and I love her, which is all true. I'm not asking her. I want somebody strong on the other end of this box so I don't have to carry the most of it. And here's the good news for you today. If you get connected to Jesus and you get yoked up to him, he's the big ox. He's going to carry the most of the weight. Jesus didn't promise anybody an unyoked life. You're going to have something wrapped around your neck, dragging you in one direction or the other, whether it's your family, your friends, your hobbies, your addictions, whatever it might be. You're going to have something yoked on you, pulling you in a direction. But the only way you can be pulled in the right direction is to obey verse 29 and yoke up with Jesus. And I want to tell you something. I am glad to be in a yoke with somebody stronger than me, better than me, wiser than me, more powerful than me. This self-empowerment message that these liars are preaching all over America about I am somebody and you're I'm awesome. Listen, ain't nobody awesome but God. What did Jesus say when people came to him and called him good? He said, there's none good but God. And I want to be in his yoke. Well, I don't like anybody telling me what to do. Get saved. It'll help you. Stop caring more about your agenda than God's agenda. And just say, you know what? If I got to be dragged through this life, I'd rather be dragged by the Lord. If I, if, if I got to carry heavy burdens and be tired, I'd rather be tired in the cause of Christ than tired chasing the world system. Then he said, let me teach you. <laughs> what a great promise. I'm out of time. Or I, I would get into that. But do you know the Bible says that if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit inside you? The scripture says if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. But if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, God said that he will teach you and lead you. Yeah, the Bible says we all need uh, human beings, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the body, for the edification of the church. But I want you to know something. More than Pastor Bobo, Pastor Roro, or Pastor Scott teaching you, you need to be taught by Jesus. He's willing if you let him. And then he says because, and he explains, because he's about to tell us why you should take his yoke, why you should let him be your guide. He said, because I'm humble and gentle at heart. The world's hard and will beat you up and tear you down. People are evil. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked beyond all imagination. You can't even know it. But Jesus is not that way. He's better. He's different. He's God all by himself. He is humble and gentle at heart. There have been times in my life where we used to have annual passes to Disney World when my kids were small, and I would take them, and I would hold them by their hand. I wouldn't hold them by their hand. I'd hold them by their wrist. I'd, I'd grab them right here, and they'd be holding and I'd just be taking them. Sometimes if they were acting a fool, if they weren't happy that I was spending all my money at an overpriced amusement park, if, if, if they were mad because I didn't buy them another $8 ice cream and, and they were dragging their feet, I, did, I wasn't being humble at that point. Or gentle. Come on. You ain't walking fast. I'd drag you through this park if I have to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm the only evil person. Okay. Jesus will let you get in a yoke with him. And he promises to teach you and to be gentle and to be humble. And then he gives us this promise again. You will find rest for your soul. You wonder why your mind is wigging. You wonder why 
you, 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 your faith is failing. You wonder why life's so difficult. You're in the wrong yoke. You're in the wrong yoke. I tell you what, me and, and, and Deacon Dixon and Deacon Scott and Elder Jimmy, uh, I don't even remember who else was with us that day. We were moving a bunch of church stuff a couple months ago at, at, at one of the uh, storage units. That thank God we got rid of and we don't have to pay on anymore. Hallelujah. And there was some heavy stuff in there. And I, they were, you know, two man and a lot of the big heavy stuff. And so there was an odd number um, of us. So sometimes I'd be like the third man. I'd, I'd grab it and I'd say, don't, don't do that, Pastor. You're going to hurt your back. Um, and what, what they didn't realize, <laughs> I wasn't doing much. You got these capable men on either side of that box. I'm just kind of really just standing, walking with y'all. That's what life's like when you're yoked up to Jesus. You don't have to do anything. You say, well, pastor, it's hard to live this Christian life. Not if you let Jesus do the living through you. He's the big ox. You're going to have a yoke. You can take his or you can take a different one. But this is the only humble and gentle yoke you'll ever find. All the rest of them just going to drag you down. Kicking and screaming. Last verse 30 says, For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. I said everybody has a yoke. Everybody's got burdens too. Everybody has a sad song to tell. Everybody's been through hardship. Everybody has burdens. But the promise of the Lord, if you get yoked up with him, if you will just surrender. See, because here's the thing. That young bull, that young ox, it can pull as hard as it wants to. It'd be like Nixon trying to pull herself out of uh, Deacon Henry's hand. Well, she can try. Well, she might stab him. I'd pick somebody else. It's a joke. Here's when life gets easy for the young ox. And this is our key. Stop fighting against the Lord's yoke. Realize he'll pull most of the weight. He'll carry the load. He'll teach you how to make. See, you mess around fighting and bucking against the Lord all the time. That little ox will get his neck snapped out. He's not going to change the direction. And hear me good and I'm done. Whatever God's requiring of you, he's not going to stop requiring of you. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm thankful my children learned this lesson at a young age. I never had to tell my children repeatedly uh, to, to take out the trash or wash the dishes or, or stuff like that because we, we had a rule in my house first time every time. If I ain't going to repeat myself, I'll negotiate with terrorists, do what I say because I'm bigger than you are. It's my house, and I'm in charge. And I, and, 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 but on rare times, when they would fuss and fume, I would tell them, you're going to do it one way or the other. You're going to take the trash out tonight. I promise you that. You can do it with tears in your eyes, or you can just do it right now with a plain face. But it's going to get done. And it's the same way in the kingdom. God's going to have his way. The Bible says what his soul desires, that he does. He's going to have his way. And if you want to get on with a better life, stop bucking against an ox that you can't outbuck. Stop pulling against God's plan for your life when he is going to have his way. So it's not an unyoked life. Everybody's got a yoke. It's not an unburdened life. Everybody's got a burden. But Jesus promises the burden I give you is life. You're a Christian here and you want a better life. You already have a salvific yoke on your neck to Christ, and He's not going to cast you out. But if you're bucking and pulling in a different direction, if you know there are things you should be doing that you're not doing, and you think, well, it's just how I am, snatch. I've said many times, I thank God He keeps me on a short leash because I'd be buck wild off the chain. God will not let his children go 
long unless they are determined to fight against him. He said, my yoke is easy. And the burden I give you is light. We live in a world full of hurting people. If you're here and you're not saved, you need to get saved. As he always has. God does all the hard work. Jesus died for us. The Bible says the payment for sin is death. What Jesus doing on the cross, he died. He died to pay for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The only way to come to God is not by keeping rules. The scripture says by, by the keeping of the law, no flesh shall be justified in the sight of God. The only way to be justified in the sight of God is by faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The scripture says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're here and you're not saved, you can get saved. The scripture promises whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, well, I've tried that before and it didn't work for me. I, me too. I, I, I made uh, late night promises to God. Drunk room spinning to God. If you'll stop this room from spinning right now and the dry heaves go away, I'll serve you forever. That ain't coming to God. I walked an aisle, prayed a prayer with a preacher. That wasn't coming to God. I did it because others did. I did it because my sister did. I did it because he said, if you don't want to go to hell, get out of your seat and come up here right now. And I'm like, okay. It didn't result in salvation. Why? Because God told Jeremiah, you'll only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. It's time for every unsaved person in here to get saved. It's time for every saved person in here to get in your role. Well, what's my role? Yoked up next to Jesus. You want to have an easy life? Let him do the pulling. And you just follow close. Don't try to go in a different direction because he will snatch you back. You, you want to have rest for your souls? People telling these lies, come to Jesus and all your troubles go away. They killed Jesus and all the prophets. It's not a, there, there is no easy life. Everybody goes through stuff. Jesus said, as long as we're in this flesh, we will have trouble. But there is an easier life. And the easier life is when you walk side by side with yoked up to him he'll carry the big weight he'll, he'll do most of the work and you'll never get your neck snatched out of joint consider what God says and do what God puts on your heart let's pray God thank you for your word God I thank you for your grace and your goodness your mercy Lord I pray now in Jesus name for every lost person in this room God that you would Pour your love out on them. Reveal yourself to them. God, you said we can't come to you unless you draw us. So, God, I pray you would draw unsaved people to salvation. God, for every Christian in the room, God, you know that your people have, through every age, been stubborn, rebellious, stiff-necked. I ask you to forgive us, God, and let us embrace our place in a yoke with you. God, I choose today to take your yoke. I choose today to take your burden because your yoke and your burden is right, it's just, and it's better than anything else. Thank you for your love, your grace, your goodness. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word and the Holy Spirit to teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.